Hey, it's Pastor Rick. I have a question for you. Are you the kind of person that only hears God when circumstances are difficult? Are you that person that's not really going to hear until things get really rough, until you get out into the ocean of difficulty, and then you can hear God clearly? You can see. Now you can hear. <laughs> well, this is a study you don't want to miss because this will help you understand the power of hearing God when circumstances are not difficult. This is a story about Jonas. Great study. You don't want to miss it. Chapter two, chapter three and four. It's going to be a powerful lump together of three chapters to help you see yourself and help you challenge yourself to hear God when circumstances are not difficult. But this one is a good thing for a lot of people. Stay right there. Be right back and pray for you at the end. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. Now, I want to take you on a journey uh, back through our series. We've been talking about hearing God. That's been the focus of the whole series. And my goal has been to clarify uh, this whole idea of when God speaks to you. There's a whole lot of people <laughs> that have this thing that says, you know, the Lord told me, God spoke to me. Every other word is God said, God said, God said. And I'm not against that. I believe God speaks. I do. But I don't think he, I don't think they're always telling um, I think they're sincere, but I don't think they're always accurate. Let me put it that way. So get your notes out. Follow me in the sermon notes. It's going to be great. I'm going to jump in the word here. Book of Jonah, chapter two is where we're going to start today. And I want you to follow me along. I'll give you the same notes that I have in front of me so you can stay with me and link them, send them to a friend. It's all good. I don't care. I think it's important for us to study together. So here we go. Jonah, chapter two. Now, to re refresh your memory briefly, four things we talked about. First thing we talked about was how God spoke to Adam and Eve. What I thought would be wonderful if we're going to talk about hearing God, it'd be great to talk about, talk about people who God spoke to. And the first one he spoke to in the Bible was Adam and Eve. And in that conversation, it was a risk-based conversation. It was a risk-taking conversation. In other words, guys, I want you to know you can have the fruit in the garden, but don't eat of that tree. That's risky. If you do that, you'll die. Second conversation was with Cain, their son. And it's about being transparent. He told Cain to make an offering, to bring an offering to God. He told him what kind to bring. Cain decided he didn't want to do that. And so they had a transparent conversation. God says, hey, listen, you know, you've done what I told you. you your offering would have been received. But Cain wasn't having any of that. Thirdly, we talked to you about something that I like. It's called hearing God when you don't want to. And that was in Jonah chapter one. And I wanted you to see how sometimes we don't like hearing what God has to say. And that's just the honest truth. It's just not something you're interested in, period, period, period. So we talked about that. Today, we close out with the fourth sermon in the series, and we talk about hearing God, when, hearing God because of circumstances. Here's what I believe. Some people will never hear God until a circumstance comes into their life. Until they have a challenge, until they have a problem, until something goes wrong, they're not going to hear God. And that's just the way it is. It's just going to be that way. And some of you have children like that, not until they go to jail. Not until then. Sometimes even in jail, they don't hear God. Sometimes it's not until they lose their house. It's not until they lose their marriage. It's not until something happens. Then they hear God. They go, okay, I probably shouldn't have been that way. Okay, I need to hear. I need to adjust this or that. Hearing God is really hard for us, but I really believe it helps you. I think the family relationships, um, when your kids get married, when you see your, you see your family differently, you do. You learn that you're not perfect. You learn that there are things that you can adjust. Um, both sides of the family need to be respected. And there's something about hearing God in that circumstance that helps you become a better in-law, a better person. 
So I, I want to say that was the premise of my approach. Now, in Jonah chapter one, verse 13, there was this exchange with Jonah because Jonah decided, listen, I'm not listening to God uh, and I'm going to run away. If you ask me to go talk to these Ninevites about God, because God called him to go and talk to the Ninevites and tell them to repent. And he, he didn't want any part of that. And so Jonah ran from God. And when he gets on the boat, the Bible says the boat started, you know, uh, tossing and turning and waves started attacking the boat. And Jonah realized that this was happening because he was on the boat. So he tells the guys on the boat. It's a great story. If you missed it last week, go, get, go listen to it. It's in Jonah chapter one, verse 13. The men are told by Jonah that the reason they were in this boat and the waters were crashing on the boat was because of him. So instead of Jonah repenting and saying, guys, it's my fault. Uh, God, I'm running from God. I've not, not been listening to God. He doesn't do anything to resolve it. A lot of people can know they're the reason the finances are bad. They can know that they're the reason things are out of, out of sync. They can know they messed up the house, but they won't clean it up. They admit it. He admits it. And he tells them, he says, the only way you can fix this is to throw me in the water. Let me read it for you. This is a great, great line. Jonah 1, 13. Instead, the men did, did their best, watch this now, to, to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. So let me not read it all. Let me just tell you this bottom line. Bottom line is that Jonah didn't want, to, didn't want to jump in in verse 11 and 12. He didn't want to jump in and save everybody. The men tried to not throw him in the water. They tried to, to hold him on to the ship and they tried to do all they could, but they couldn't. So they ended up having to throw him overboard. And it was an incredible moment, an incredible circumstance that changed everything. This was a moment when the guys who were on the boat, who were not godly men, they were idol worshipers, had to take a believer and throw him out of the boat to save themselves. Then they became believers in God. But I want you to see this. There are times in life when you cannot take everybody with you. And you see in this exchange a horrible, difficult circumstance. Now, in this circumstance, the ungodly guys try to row and try to save Jonah. The godly guy ignores it. The godly guy is ignoring the circumstance. The ungodly guys are paying attention to it. And I think it's so important for you to see that. Now, I want to get past that part because there's a lot to read there, but I want you to get down to verse 17. Because in verse 17, there's a statement made. Once the guys throw Jonah into the water, and you can argue about whether it was a whale or not, that's irrelevant. The bottom line was a big fish. And, and here's what happens. The Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, now don't get lost on that point. This is a story that tells you basically the guy is stubborn. Now, let me summarize for you quickly. Chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. I'm going to just summarize them. OK, this is in Jonah, chapter two, three and four in the Old Testament. First of all, in chapter two, we see that Jonah is overwhelmed by circumstance. He is now in the belly of a fish. He's overwhelmed. And sometimes that's the only time some people hear God. They're going to throw you out the house in 10 days. You need that moment because you're not going to pay your bills until it happens. You're not going to stop spending. You'll keep going to the mall until they tell you you're going to be put out of here and the sheriff come to you in 10 days. That's tough. But some people don't change until they're, they're naive until they're overwhelmed. I can relate to that. Number two, watch this. Chapter three, 
He was given a second chance. Now, we're going to read this in a minute, but he was given a second chance. He's not going to die in the belly of the well. He's going to get freed from this. How many times have you been freed from a, cha from a challenge, from a circumstance? How many times has God stepped in, delivered you, freed you, right? So when you get that second chance, you got to pay attention. I know about that. I'm telling you, I've had some. You know, you have debt, right? And you pay it off. Next time you get free, think about what you're doing before you buy the car. Think about what you're doing when you're not saving money. Think about it, think about it, think about it. When you get some cash, think about it. Call a second chance, second marriage, second relationship, second job. I don't know what your second chance is. Jonah got a second chance. We'll talk about that in a minute. Number three, in chapter four, he goes back to his old unforgiving self in just a few days. I mean, the guy goes right back to where he used to be, which means God didn't change his mind. Now, let me take you through the overwhelming part because I think this has always been impressive. So Jonah chapter two, the first 10 verses, I'm going to just jump around there for a minute. I'm going to show you a couple of things that are important. Number one, first notice that Jonah only listened when his freedom was taken. Jonah only listened when his freedom was taken. Now, I know you mama and your daddies, I know some of you heard that your kid's in trouble. I understand. Some may hopefully not in trouble unfairly. But for some children, now your parents listen to me, that boy does not listen to you. That boy does not listen to you. You understand that? And it's not until he loses his freedom that he will listen. Hopefully, the circumstance will change his mind. She's not listening to you. It's not until she has a baby or two or three or until she loses her freedom. I mean, preferably not her life. But if you don't listen, what else can you do? This is a guy who has to go into the belly of a fish to listen, to hear God. That's what it takes. Remember, the, the big question for this entire message is, what will it take for you to hear? Now watch this. From the inside of the fish, chapter 2, verse 1, Jonah prayed to the Lord God. And he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I call for help and you listen to me. Pause right there and think about it for a minute. He said it was in the, I only prayed to God. You don't hear this guy anywhere in this book praying to God until now. He didn't pray to God when God called him. He didn't pray to God when he was running from God. He didn't stop him and say, God, can we talk about this? He didn't pray until he was in the whale. He didn't pray. Some people don't pray until, they, until, they, until they're in the hospital. Okay, okay, Jesus, yes, you're on your back and they're shooting the needles in your arm and they're putting the pipes in your nose and you, and you pray, really, oh, Father, I pray. See, you're not praying. You're not following your diet. You're not you're taking your medicine. You're not doing what you can do. You're not trying to get in shape. You're not doing anything. You're not, you're just not praying. No prayer until you get in trouble. Circumstance makes you pray. And then you start quoting verses to the doctor, right? I love this. You don't do right. And then you pray, tell the doctor, well, Jesus has the last word. And the doctor, that's not what the doctor say. It's what Jesus say. It's your sugar. <laughs> It's those numbers, it's the blood pressure, stuff you're eating, stuff you're doing, you're not walking. It's, it's don't blame the devil, don't blame the doctor. I went to the doctor, the doctor showed me my numbers, and they was going in the wrong direction. It wasn't his fault. I had to stop all that. I was eating pretty good, but it was, hey, hey, watch that. 
I had to watch that. I'm on the right road now. I'm doing good, but I'm telling you, it can happen to anybody. Preachers can be some of the most unhealthy people you ever want to meet. They can, they can preach to you, but boy, they don't do right. Let me get off that. Watch this. I love verse three. You hurled me into the deep depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me, about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will again, uh, I will look again toward your holy temple. And I want you to think about this for a second. He says, you had to hurl me into the deep. You had to banish me before I would hear you. Verse five, the engulfing waters threatened me and the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. I sank down the earth beneath barred me forever. Can I talk to you for a second? He said he was engulfed with waters. He said he was surrounded. He said he had seaweed around his neck. He said he was barred. All of this. Then he goes on the last part. Verse, he said, but you're Lord, you, Lord, my God brought my life up from the pit. My life, when my life was, when my life was ebbing away, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. Can we just say this to you for a second? Think about this now. He had to be in a pit to hear God. His life <laughs> had to ebb away from him. <laughs> Think about it. This is the kind of circumstance he had to deal with. Then he said, I remember the Lord. It took all that. It takes all of that for you. I'm trying to understand something. Why does it take all of that for you? Why? I'm just trying to understand. Okay, you're a reasonable person, but why do you have to go through all of this? All of these horrible circumstances to hear God. There's a verse um, Jonah quoted when he was under pressure. In verse eight, he said this, chapter two, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited out Jonah. But it took all that. It took all that. It took all of that before he changed. What would it take for you? Now watch this. Now we see in chapter three, he gets a second chance. There's nothing like a second chance. Nothing like it. Watch this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, proclaim to it, it to the message I give you. Now, I want you to notice something. This is called taking the class again, right? You got married, you had a good marriage, you're doing pretty good, then you went crazy, right? Things start going bad. Says, okay, now you got a second chance. You got another person, okay? You know, you, you're on a job and you ghetto on the job, told everybody off, came late, did what you want to do, and then they fired you, lost your job. Now you got another job, second chance, second chance, second chance, second chance. Number two. 
first child, you know what you're doing. You just just roaming around. Now you got a second child, second chance, second chance. So the question is, how do you deal with your second chances? Well, the Bible said in verse three, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. <laughs> I love it. He obeyed. He said, hey, I ain't doing that again. He obeyed the word of the Lord. I'm not going to read all the rest of that to you. It was amazing. He goes there. Well, why not? Let me read it for you. He said, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. Watch this now. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh by the decree of the king. Now, let me stop there and say this to you. He said, I want everybody to fast. I want everybody, 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 every animal, every, I want the roach, roaches. Everybody's going on a fast. Everybody is going. <laughs> this guy was not playing. He believed Jonah. He heard there's a guy in town, man. He prophesied doom on us because of our ungodly behavior. And the king repented. Everybody said they're sorry. And, and, and God forgave them. The Bible said in verse 10, when God saw what, what they did and how they turned from the evil, their evil ways, he relented, did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. God said, I'm not going to kill y'all. Excuse my y'all, but I'm not doing it. You know what I believe? He's a God who can redeem you. You can be in trouble. You can have messed up your life, but he can reach down and say, you know what? I'm going to give you another chance. He can reach down and bring money to you that you never thought was, was possible. He has this ability to do that. I mean, it's amazing. Now, please note Jonah's attitude compared to God's attitude. Now, God's given Jonah a second chance. Jonah just got out of a whale a few days ago, was in a whale. A few days ago, he was in there with the seaweed wrapped around his neck because of unforgiveness and because of his attitude. So he's in the whale. Now he's out of the whale and he's preached and everything is, everybody's coming to God. People are falling down, getting coming to God. It's a good old boy, revival all over town. Nineveh, big city, takes three days, it's a big city, three days to get around it. I mean, this is a big town. And he's just preaching, people coming to God. This altar's full of people. Yes, easy. You want God? Here's some God for you. Come to God. Come. Everybody's coming to God. And he's frustrated. Because what he's saying, all y'all need to go to hell. You ever had somebody just made you so mad you hope they don't get saved? Don't come to God. Well, he is frustrated. Chapter four. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. Verse 11, chapter four. I'm sorry, chapter four, verse one. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. You want to know why I ran to Tarshish? Because I knew you were going to forgive these people. They need to all burn all these evil people who've done Israel wrong. You ever had somebody <laughs> this mad can't get over it? Just can't get over it. They stole my truck when I was two. I mean, you just got something in your heart. And this is where Jonah is. And God asked him a question in verse four. Is it right for you to be angry? You got a reason to be angry. Can I ask you something? What you holding on to? See, 
the circumstance didn't change his conviction. And that's what some of us are. I've learned something in my years of pastoring, leading and dealing with people. If I don't change your thinking and your philosophy, nothing is going to work. The, the problem is the guy's got an attitude. The problem is this is a guy who was a godly man. This is a God-fearing guy. God called him. But this is an area he hasn't grown past yet. He can't get past this. Whatever they did to him, I don't know what they killed his family. I don't know what they did, put him in slavery. I don't know what, whatever his, his personal story was. I know Israel had a very difficult time with these folks. But I want you to know, this is not, these, these, weren't some, these were not nice people. I don't want to describe what they did because I don't want to put it in your head, but they did some pretty rough stuff to people. And, and, and they, they, they were brutal. He didn't understand how in the world could God forgive them. Man. So here's what Jonah did. I'm going to paraphrase it. So Jonah went out. Well, I'm going to read it for you. Why not? Verse 5. But Jonah went out. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. And there he made himself a shelter. He sat he set in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Pause. I'm just going to sit here and see what God's going to do to these people. He's waiting for the fire to fall. He's waiting for something to change. He's waiting for, he's, he's just waiting and he sits there and he's, he's, he's frustrated and, and there's this whole story of how God allows this, this thing to grow up over him like give him shade because the sun was beating on his head. He's sitting out there in the hot sun. It's 100 and some degrees, sitting out there and he's baking in the sun, waiting for judgment. And I'm thinking, you know, you take, well, Jonah. And then the thing grows up over his head and gives him shade for a few minutes, right? And then it, it dies and he, he gets mad with God. And I see even the shade's gone. And, and God says, so you, you'd rather me kill all these people? All these people, 120,000 people is mentioned in verse 11. You want me to kill 120,000 people? But, you, you, but you're more mad because I didn't, because this, this little shade that grew up over your head while you're sitting here waiting for the city to get killed, destroyed. You're more concerned about that than them. Think about it. He's more concerned about his own convenience than their life. Man. Sometimes I think we're more concerned about our buildings. We're more concerned about our church services. We're more concerned about something that's religious than we are about the people we're, we're supposed to reach. And the most amazing thing about all this, when God talks to Jonah, if you read the latter part of chapter four, God asks him, why are you angry? Jonah never answers. Jonah complains because of his little shade thing that grew over his head. He, he complained about that. And, and God said, are you more concerned about that than the people? He never answered. Are you giving God the silent treatment? I mean, he's trying to talk to you right now. And there's a, he's trying to show you how you don't want to hear. And sometimes you won't hear until there's a bad circumstance. Are you giving God a, a silent treatment? You just, maybe that's why you don't go, I'm not, 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 hear this, hear this, hear this. That's why you don't reach out to him. That's why you're not trying to reach out to him. Because you don't want to be challenged. Wow. Are you really 
interested in hearing God. You know, I said when I first started the series, I made a comment in the first sermon. I said, sometimes in life, you need somebody to talk to you with the hot sauce. You need to have somebody in your life that tells you the truth. I had a friend. He said to me, he said, Ricky Temple, tell it to me, sir. Give me your opinion with the hot sauce. Which means don't hold back. You couldn't reach Jonah. Can God reach you? Is this an impossible mission? Because you're not going to change your opinion. You're not going to consider that maybe you're being unforgiving. You're not going to consider that God may have a redemptive plan for that person who abused you and did you wrong. You can't imagine that God wants to redeem them. You got them stuck where they used to be, not where they are going now. And you won't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and bring healing. God was trying to heal Nineveh. Is God trying to heal somebody in your past, in your family, a son, a daughter, a child, a friend? I'm not saying they got to hang out with you and be a safe place for you again. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is don't be like Jonah. Give God the silent treatment. That's why you avoid him. You avoid church. You avoid messages like this. You tempted to cut me off right now. Don't you do it. Think about what I'm saying to you. Now, let me pray for you while I'm ahead. Father, today is a day I pray of healing and forgiveness a day of redemption, a day when the Holy Spirit can come upon this circumstance and bring healing. I pray that your word would come alive and bring joy and revival and renewal. Touch, heal, and deliver. I speak it, I declare it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for letting me talk to you. I appreciate a few minutes of your time. I appreciate it. I really do. And I hope that what I said made you think about your walk with God made you think about your future, made you think about what you're doing. I hope it opens your heart to a new way of seeing God and seeing the world. God really cares about you, but he cares about everybody. I close with this final thought. I was preaching in a prison. I've said this before. And the guy said something that was powerful. He said, Pastor Rick, during the Q&A session, he said uh, on this prison tour I did with, I went around the prisons and was talking about our book I wrote years ago called Why Smart People Make Dumb Choices with a good friend of mine named Deborah Begay. And uh, I went through prisons talking about why smart people make dumb choices. And one of the guys asked me a question during the Q&A session. He said, how, what can I do if I've done something and I, I got to go back to those people that I wronged when I get out of prison? I said, well, number one, you've got to learn how to be honest and say you were wrong. Number two, you've got to learn to forgive yourself. But number three, You've got to learn that some people are like Jonah. They'll never forgive you. And you can't allow them to control you. Some of you have done wrong things and you were absolutely wrong. For a season in your life, you caused a lot of damage. But you cannot allow that to control your future. Say you're sorry, forgive yourself, and move on. They may be stuck like Jonah was and what you used to be, but you can't allow that to keep you stuck for the rest of your life. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer just for you. Father, healing to them, forgiveness to them, and restoration, I declare. May they leave this conversation confident, knowing that God is a forgiver and a restorer. He gave Jonah a second chance, but he wasn't willing to give them a second chance. They may not be buddies. God wasn't asking him to move to Nineveh. God wasn't asking him to stay in Nineveh. 
but it shows you that he still hated Nineveh. May we learn to let Nineveh be Nineveh and may we move on and not hold it into our hearts so that it hinders us. So I give you all the praise and the glory for this time. I also pray for people who don't know you, never given their lives to Christ. Let this be that moment they make that de declaration. I need God in my life. May this be that forgiving moment, I pray, that healing moment for them in Jesus' name. Well, it took a fish. It took three days. It took a wave bashed you over his head, took seaweed around his neck. It took all kinds of problems. What will it take for you? I pray you learn from this man's story and apply the truth to your life. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that what we've talked about will inspire them to hear you when circumstances are good. But may you speak to them. Some of them are in a circumstance right now. They're in the belly of a fish, the belly of a challenge. And in that challenge, you're speaking to them about surrendering to you. Let this be that moment they surrender. And I speak that in their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me on demand. It's always a joy to have you around. I'll see you next time. We got more to say. I want to tell you, my friend, you don't want to miss this stuff we got in front of us. It's going to be some good study. I want to talk about all kinds of things like being stuck. Why are you stuck in the same place over and over again? That's a study you don't want to miss. It's coming down the pike. I'll see you then. Have a great day. Be free and have a blessed life and hear God. Bye-bye.